Welcome to We Are Farmington, episode number six. Today I'm going to talk about the self-care tip of humor. We all could use more humor in our lives. And laughing doesn't just make us feel good, it's actually good for our health, too. There are so many ways to find humor in our day, whether it's a TV show or a podcast or a funny movie, something silly that's happening in our day, or there are even joke books or would-you-rathers. And believe it or not, there are would-you-rathers for adults and for kids. Just look them up online. Whatever it is that you like to find humor in, I hope you have a good laugh today. Welcome back. Um, today I am with Tamika Williams, and I got a pleasure of meeting Tamika this year when I was at Lanigan in the fall. Tamika's been in Farmington since 2017-18 school year. Uh, she's been a fifth grade teacher at Lanigan for these last three years. And Tamika, you have had a variety of leadership roles prior to coming to us. So I have curriculum coordinator, assistant principal, academic specialist, um, to name a few of those. So an extensive uh, academic career. And you are also a mom. So you're a mom to two children, right? Correct. And um, married as well. Yes. Correct? Yes. So thank you so much for joining me today and um, sharing your story with us. So Tamika, I first want to start off with um, when we initially connected about this podcast, you mentioned teaching as a work of heart, um, dedication, delivery, and diligence. Can you tell me more about that? Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny because uh, oh, a while back, um, when I probably was doing some of my professional development work and Rita Pearson, um, who is a leader in education, you know, every child deserves a champion. And I was just looking at some things and then I came across this Google image and it said teaching was a work of heart. And I'm like, that is so true. Cause what does that really mean? So, um, I just thought about, you know, just dedication, you know, being a teacher is very similar in some respects with being like a healthcare worker or um, a first responder or anything like that. We're first responders to learning. We're first responders to education. So within that understanding, you have to be dedicated to what you do because we all know the the sad thing is we don't do this for money, you know. Right. So you, so you you do it because you have a love, a passion a desire to change lives, just as those doctors and first responders do. Um, so being dedicated, I think, is a very um, necessary component for being a teacher. You have to be de dedicated to what you are doing. Um, and then that just goes into, like, the delivery you know, the other D that you spoke of, just the delivery. I think it's very important for teachers to always be evolving, you know, with, with the times, you know, not getting stuck or complacent. And so when you are taught your delivery, knowing who your audience is, being able to 
you know, switch at a moment's notice or, and, but you got to have those tools in your toolbox, you know, as well. And keeping it fresh and new and energetic. And um, one of the things that is like my own personal um, quest is to spark or ignite that fire within. I know that's in our mission statement at Lanigan mm -hmm. is to ignite that fire within that, that spark, that quest for learning, wanting to know more. I love when the kids are inquisitive and I encourage them to ask me questions or to challenge what I say, you know, because I may say some things intentionally to spark that so that you can counter you know back what you know i'm offering or saying you know just that's just as a a practice so again that delivery is important finding ways it's not just a one-stop shop you know it's not a cookie cutter type of way of learning you got to find a different way to um convey the information to kids so that they can relate to it because if they don't relate they don't connect to it then it's it's meaningless to them you mm -hmm. know yeah. And then um, that last D is diligence, um, kind of goes with the dedication thing. You have to be diligent, you know, as a teacher, you have to do your due diligence. You know, there's really no one that is going to constantly tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you need to look into how to do this. Or you have to constantly be willing to be reflective as a teacher and say, what do I need to do so that I can reach my kids? Like just talking before about the coming out your comfort zone, you know, whether you wanted to or not, this situation has thrust everybody into coming out of their comfort zones or just coming into a different zone, yeah. you know? So I have to do my due diligence. That means that I know a lot of things about the computer, about technology has been integrated in my classroom, but I don't know all things. So it's my, I have to do my due diligence to learn how to navigate these programs and to find ways to work smarter and not harder, you know, and at the same time, practical and realistic for the kids. And, and, and all of that goes into your diligence. You just have a, a responsibility. It's almost like that. Oh, for for doctors, first do no harm, <laughs> you know. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of like as teachers. First, we have to do no harm. We are not <laughs> trying to harm the children. Do my due diligence, and if I'm not paying attention to my delivery, and if I'm not dedicated as a teacher, I will be doing harm to the kids. Right. So there's so many things that I want to go back to from what you were saying, um, because I feel like all of this, there's this extra layer, like you're saying now that we are virtual, right? And so, um, especially with this delivery piece that you're talking about, um, how has it changed seeing your audience and being, you know, from, from going to what, six, seven hours a day with kids in person, you read, you read their emotions and what their bodies are saying. You know, if they need a break because they're getting squirrely, you kind of shift gears, right? Like you said, at a moment's notice, you you spark and ignite that fire based on some of the feedback that they're giving you in that personal connection, mm -hmm. right? And so that, what is that like online? 
<laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. And you had a, you had some opportunities to kind of be in mm -hmm. my class. And so I think, you know, just kind of going back to, I, I hate to say it, but going back to kind of like Rita Pearson's work, I have a relationship, you mm -hmm. know, with my kids and it has transcended you know, this virtual learning. It was so funny the other day, we were getting something and I kind of give them a few moments to kind of, you know, at the beginning of a class meet, have their time to talk or whatever it is. And I said, without even knowing it, you know, it was so natural, give me five. And they all, and all of their hands went up. And they oh all gave me five and I just chuckled. I like oh my god like but it's a, a testament to like the classroom management you know how how it was able to just like transcend you know over this virtual context where they can easily be like i don't care you know like right but it was just like that, that respect that we had built that classroom relationship that culture that's in the classroom that's why it's so important for teachers to honor that in make every effort to build that relationship because if you don't you will find that you will work harder and then not smarter you know you got to do so yeah. much more and it will be hard for you to deliver anything you won't get the engagement you won't get the participation because when kids know that you have their best interests and you've built that relationship they'll ride and die for you. You know, they'll do you know, it's like, cause I know Ms. Williams has my best interest, you know, and, and it's just unstated respect. We don't need to define it. We don't need to put words to it. We don't have to call it something. We know through that emotional and relationship building connection that that's what it is. And so I, I really, I've been really blessed that I would say a good 70%, you know, of my kids, are engaged on a consistent basis. Now I know you got to take into account, you know, personal situations and environments. And it's a little different because at school you can kind of control your environment. But in this situation where we have no parameters around external factors, that they're right. still there and they're still willing and they're still open and responsive. I've been really, you know, and been able to really capture that. And so I'm grateful for that. Well, that's good. And then when you go, when you talk about this whole due diligence and, you know, our, mm -hmm. our responsibilities um, and providing different modes of learning and things like that right now, um, that doesn't have to look the same to everybody, right? So, um, and I'm even thinking of the delivery piece um, at this, this time as well, that can vary by teacher. So what is the best way for teachers to really find that groove that works for them and what, what works best for them? Because, you know, there's so many things out there, especially now with tech tools and there's all kinds of stuff. What advice would you give to teachers to find, find their groove, I guess I would say? Um, I think that the things, I guess I can say what has um, provided me 
success, I'm a big proponent of giving kids voice. So perspective. And, and when I do that, that gives them buy-in. It's like they feel like it's our class, like they have some type of ownership into what we're doing. So there may be times where I will literally ask for their input. So guys, um, I am thinking about X, Y, and Z. And I might have in my teacher mind, it already planned out and all of those type of things. But before I move any further, I may ask for their feedback because sometimes, and I tell the kids, adults plan stuff for kids all the time, but they never really ask the kids what yeah. they like and want. So, I mean, one might be a little bit of a reverse psychology type of thing, you know, yeah. but it has, it has worked because they feel connected and they feel invested in whatever it is. So that would be one of the, the pieces of advice is to, you don't have to have it all figured out. And it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. Ask the kids for their input because they have wonderful ideas. And once you have that relationship with your kids, they they will know what type of feedback that you're kind of looking for, what angle that you might want to go. So they're going to listen, you know, to that. And then the other piece will just be follow the heartbeat of your of your class when you become connected. And again, that's why that relationship piece is so important. You will know how to move because that's one of the things that motivates me is that that connection that I have with my students and the families, because that's the other component of it, you need to have buy-in with parents. So if you don't build that connection those two ways, it's just going to make for a, a bumpy road. So give them, give them voice, give them opportunity. And even though I have fifth graders, that student voice can be captured even as young as kindergartners because they are opinionated too. You know, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> they, they want what they want when they want it, you know. <laughs> and so, like I tell the kids, you you will have choice, but you will choose between the choices that I provide. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and so yeah. that way, I'm keeping it with some type of structure and parameters. And kids will never say it, but they thrive on discipline and structure. Mm -hmm. So if you're loosey goosey about your management your structure, your delivery, your diligence, you're being dedicated. If you are really loosey-goosey with that, the kids will pick up on it and then it's just going to be a roller coaster ride for you. Mm -hmm. But the more organized and structured and connected you are, you'll have a smarter road than a harder road. Yeah. I like that. Smarter road than a harder road. That, that is going to stick with me. <laughs> So I'm going to go back to your first one, then this whole um, dedication, right? The first mm -hmm. D that you started to talk about. So I've seen so many posts recently on social media uh, from teachers about how much they miss their students right now. And like you said earlier, teachers did not go in this for the money. They went in this because they love working with kids. Uh, the joy that it brings them to be connected. And it is so hard 
to be disconnected to kids that you were creating relationships with from September mm -hmm. to March. And so abruptly of a shift as well, right? So we thought it was gonna be two weeks and then it became the whole year. And so can you, can you talk a little bit about that? What do you think is the hardest part about being away from your kids right now? Um, I would say the hardest part is harnessing that natural essence that is created when you are face to face, you know, being able to read body language and being able to, um, you know, whether it's give them a high five or elbow or, you know, just, you know, a side hug or any of those natural things that would be captured if you were face to face, that has been one of the, the hardest challenges and making sure that when you are meeting virtually, that like you were, this, this FaceTime is very important because while it doesn't replace it, it still gives us a window um, into, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on. Like if I'm, even if I'm doing class or doing a meet, I don't know how I do it, but it's like my eyes are constantly taking mental notes and capturing, um, images, you know, just of the kids, of their body language. So if you're, if things look out of place or things do not look how I normally would see you or um, I'm listening to the tone of your voice, if you're sounding somber or melancholy, or if you're super anxious, I'm picking up and I'm reading all of that. And it's not necessary. And that's not my I can statement, you know, <laughs> you know, right. but that social emotional piece is so very important to me. And I think that that's what helps um, anchor that relationship that I have with the kids because they know that I'm genuinely interested in how they are as a human, not just mm -hmm. your teacher spitting out information and tasks for you to do, you know? Right. You know, I'll tell them, you look well today, you know, or, um, I, and just noticing certain things. Hey, I noticed that you got a haircut. You know, you look look, look real nice today. You know, just something <laughs> like that. And it's like, oh, I didn't even know you noticed, you know, kind of a thing. But it's like tapping into those um, things. And then just if listening, really li at this point, listening to them, they need an outlet. So a lot of times it's not always my advice that they may want. And I will provide it if it's if they ask you know but sometimes they just want to be heard and right. that be what they need and and that's what i'm here for you know i don't have a magic pill i can't wave a wand i do tell them that i have superpowers but you know i'm constantly working <laughs> in the lab to correct them <laughs> you know, and, I'm all, and i find humor and everything so i mean laughter is one of the things that has to be a part of my classroom we have to laugh we have to find humor and things you know they know that i'm about the business of education and i'm serious about the learning but they see that human side of me and she's cool you know it's like she, you know
she don't play, but she's great. Cool. <laughs> so right. And I'm sure those you said you're getting about 70% participation and those that you don't connect with frequently. I'm sure that that's really hard. Um, and I, like you said, mm -hmm. I know that there are different circumstances and why people are not plugging in, whether it's something personal or health wise or just mentally, social, emotionally, it, it is, they are not in the spot that they can do it. Mm -hmm. But I know that that is probably really hard for you and many teachers for the ones that you know are missing from your classroom, not seeing their faces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that 70% is my um my measuring stick, the quality of engagement and participation. Not because you chimed in and you tapped into a meet, not because you um filled out an end of the week checkout form. I'm talking about quality engagement. Mm -hmm. Are you coming to class? Are you completing the work so that as a teacher, I can give you that quality feedback on whatever it is, not that I'm evaluating or grading it, but if I know that you came, you've come to class and you've made an effort to do the work and you've given me something that I can continue to support your learning and you're able to share your thinking, that's what I'm considering, you know, quality engagement, not the, the two little minor check-in points that I can't really get anything out of. I can't really tell you how well you're doing academically. If you come to, to the class, never ask a question, but you fill in a checkout form and say, yes, all is okay. I can't pull anything from that, you know, as a teacher. So quality, I would say 70%. And then like you said, it is, it is challenging. And because as a teacher, you try to find that balance. You don't want to impose too much, but you don't want to be too relaxed where it's like you're not connected. So it's that constant tug of war of how much do I push and how much do I pull? How much support can I realistically provide in this context? And right. And that's why you have to be ever evolving because you got to be able to switch because you never know just a communication to a family or a parent can make all the difference than if you had not done that. So it's right. like, ask for forgiveness later, but I still want you to know that I noticed that you haven't been around. What can I do to support? I'm willing to, even though I, it's called a sacrifice. I might be willing, I might have to sacrifice just a small moment of like personal or family time because I need to, get connected with this particular family and you got to just you got to be able to just find that that that's the hard part finding that balance because you don't want to sacrifice or stretch your personal self too thin that you have nothing left to give but that's that dedication i think that that's what throws those first responders back out there because it's like okay but this is for the common good i'm doing something for right. a bigger picture <laughs> you know kind of right a, yeah wow so let's talk about this whole scenario that we were put in and how to embrace change. So everything changed in a matter of hours for us, our family, everything. Managing our emotions and our family's emotions through this can be so hard. 
How do you look at the scenario we are in and try to embrace it? Um, I try to practice what I preach, you know, um, with the kids at home, family-wise, and, you know, with the kids just checking in, you know, just doing those dipstick checks, you know, even like with my own kids. Yeah, we're here and we're all together, but I'm also listening for what's not being said, uh -huh. you know, checking that body language, uh, just giving them a voice. How are you feeling about this? What What does it look like? Like, you know, I have a teenager and just knowing from his perspective and what it looks like from his eyes, how is this impacting you? Because it's, you can't say that not. No one can say that this experience is not impacting them. Right. That would just be a false statement, you know. Um, so what does that look like? And being and having kids who are in like two total different uh, developmental stages is very interesting to see how yeah. they interpret the world. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and just the, the conversation and dialogue. And then, too, you know, with my husband, we dialogue about this all the time. What does this look like for us, for family and, you know, the news? And we are interpreting the news and processing it. So that's good quality conversation. You know, as, a, as my son being a young adult, 15, turning 16, are you interpreting? What are you processing? What are you hearing? What are you noticing? You know, is one thing to be connected virtually through your games and all that kind of stuff, but don't forget about what's happening around you, mm -hmm. you know? So having all of those kind of conversations at home and then too, having a small piece of that conversation with my classroom kids as well, you know, um, Miss Swan, um, who's our school social worker, had we just started SEL classes on Tuesday, and the participation is there. I have a, we have about out of my class with twenty five, maybe about seventeen, who have been coming. Oh, wow. You know, so I consider that a good day. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? And having those conversations, so what, and asking them those honest questions. How are you doing with this? What are, what, what are you interpreting? What are you thinking and feeling? Because sometimes kids just need to speak. They just need to have their voice. There's no evaluation. All feelings are validated. All feelings matter, you know, kind of a thing. So it's fine. It's trying to find that balance because there's so many things that we don't have control over, but you do have control over what you share and what you speak and right. how you, and how you feel in a sense. And, you know, and I tell that I use this phrase all the time with my kids, you know, are you looking at things from the glass half full or the glass half empty? Because perspective is everything, you know, um, when Miss Swan came in, we we did this. Are you an optimist or a pessimist? And so they had that class when we were at school. They had that kind of class and dialogue. And so I just continue, you know, with that language because 
would depending on what glasses, what lenses that you're looking through will determine how you manage with the situation. When life gives you lemons, I like to tell them, you make lemonade, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? so true you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that, I mean, that's a great outlook about the perspective and um, making lemonade out of lemons and especially at this time. I, I wanna talk a little bit about parent to parent here. You okay. and I both, we make the connection, we made the connection in the fall of having teenagers around the same age. So talk to me about what that's like having a teenager at home. Um, what is that like for you? <laughs> well, it's a it's a constant, it's a constant battle of I, I talk to myself all the time about finding balance. You know, it's there's nothing wrong. I support and encourage you being able to have your do your thing or you know find comfort hang out with your friends talk to your friends play your video game you know whatever it is because i think that fighting that battle or playing doing that tug of war i think will cause more disconnect than and just simply embracing that that's what the reality is but the caveat to that is with that understanding you need to have balance so I don't want it to feel like it's a force, a force opportunity to have family time or like we're constantly pulling you away, you know, from, you know, don't be stuck in your room, zoned out, you know, on the video game, engage in conversation, watch, let's watch the news channel and have dialogue about that. And you got to find moments to have all, all of those pieces in place because we are trying to continuously build that well-rounded, you know, individual in the midst of that. And if you stay stuck in your bubble, then you don't get a chance to, your brain doesn't get a chance to grow, evolve and process and interpret all of those natural things that you need to do to be a productive human. Right. <laughs> you know, you can get really stuck. So that it has been a challenge um, with having a teenager because that lens it is is rooted in having conceptual understanding. And that's just not something that is taught in a textbook. Mm -hmm. That is not something that, you know, that's something that you really have to work towards finding and understanding conceptual understanding of things. And that's through experience. And right now they're kind of being robbed of that opportunity. Yeah to build on that conceptual understanding because they're not in the world, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so like I said, having a teenager, it's been a challenge, but you know, it's always, it's with anything, it's a work in progress. And so, um, and that's just, that's gonna be for the rest of life though, you know? So there's no period at the end of the sentence, you know, when it comes to that or the thought, period at the end of that thought, it's always, what constant changing and not it's easy it's easy to just say you know what i get it you do you <laughs> i'll do me right ourselves <laughs> that's the easy road 
But as a parent, back to that diligence, I would Mm -hmm. not be doing my due diligence if I allowed myself to relinquish my responsibilities (laughs) to say, whatever, you know, there's just some battle I am going to fight, (laughs) you know, as a parent. And then there's some that I'm not. Well, and I'm glad that you went back to that diligence because I wrote down as we were talking that whole children thrive on discipline and structure. I mean, that's true in the classroom, but that's just as true at home as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I go, I think of my daughter and her whole scenario of some of her friends sleeping until late afternoon and my role that you have to wake up in the morning and I'm, I have some flexibility with that, but you know, by 10 o'clock you need to be up and you need to be working. And I know that there are some parents that are even earlier than that. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but giving some flexibility and structure with it. So like you said, you have to pick what battles you're going to fight, but there are some battles that are worth fighting to -hmm. give them that, to help them learn that balance. Like you were talking about Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. important, like I said, because like I share with some of my parents, you know, I know that it's teacher appreciation week or whatever, but I've shared with, you know, um, some of my parents. Parents are a child's first teacher. So we have a responsibility to teach and model what we desire and and not just teaching model, but it's constant practice, it's ongoing. So if I am, and that's the thing that I want my son, both, both my kids, um, or even my my classroom kids to always understand that my role is to be the adult in life, the responsible adult in your life. I'm not seeking friendship, I'm not your peer. So there are going to be some boundaries that are just not going to be allowable. Again, I hear you. You have voice. I respect your voice. Um, I am flexible. But there are just some boundaries that have to be set. And that's within the classroom. And that's with at home of what's going to be tolerable, manageable, respectful, you know, all of those type of things so that. I don't lose my mind and you don't lose your mind with making irrational choices, <laughs> you know, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> yes. So true. I, there are just so many things that I'm resonating with, with what you're saying that I can personally connect with. So, um, you've been talking about this balance. Do you have any other tips for people listening about finding balance in their lives with this work home blend that we're all living through right now? Um, I would say taking, taking a beat and stepping back and figuring out what do you personally need to be reflective in what do you personally need to make sure that you are going to be able to give to all these different entities that you are a part of. 
nothing is going to be able to receive 100% of your focus and attention. And I think that that was one of the things that I had to grapple with and just accept that there's no way possible that I can percent to one particular thing because that means that everything else then would get nothing right you know if you want to just be math based about it you know so as a teacher how can I set up my situation um and my life so that I am organized I have my planner and so um writing things down I, I'm kind of old school in the sense of I don't type everything up in a doc or I don't put everything digitally on the computer. I have a hard copy. I have to write it down because if I can write it down, then it goes into my mind, you know, a little bit better. And then I can kind of sketch it out um, and then kind of plan accordingly and then collaborate. Collaborate with others who are doing this well or in the same situation and space that you are in, and then some who are not. Because if you have a variety of types of collaboration, that will stretch your brain, and then you are also paying it forward and bringing it back because you're able to you know, connect with other, other people. So getting organized and simplifying things. Again, I go back to working smarter and not harder. You know, so what does that look like for me? Because if I can do that, then me modeling for the kids how to do that mm -hmm. is going to be a natural consequence, a natural positive consequence that comes, you know, out of that. So and I, again, I'm doing my due diligence. It's my responsibility to do that as a teacher, because then how do right. how do I expect for the kids to be able to follow my lead if I'm not even doing my I do you know mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah that's what I said just get organized and and collaborate and because I said at the beginning of this to my team very early on you can get so overwhelmed with all of the menu of options of things and I remember you putting out something before um don't try to do what everybody else is doing don't try to mimic, you know, because everybody's situation is is different. Take little nuggets, little pieces and say, how can I make that applicable for me? How can I tweak it and make it my own? And so to the point where I'm not stressed out trying this. Right. You know, but at the same token, I like little aspects of this because everything is free now. Every resource up under the rainbow Every Pinterest is overloaded with ideas. Teacher pay teacher is like bursting. That doesn't mean that you have to try any and everything that you see. You take, you look at it, you but see, you have to be grounded in who you are as a teacher first. Mm, and, and be, yeah, you have to have roots. You know, you have to be grounded and be confident in knowing your own teaching style and your own personal journey. Because if you're not, then you open up yourself to that. And then that within itself can be stressful and overwhelming and causing feelings to, you know, boil up in you that you didn't even know you had. But because you've 
th- put yourself in that situation because you're not grounded yet. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel for like our newbies mm-hmm. who are, you know, just getting started. A lot of teachers, this is your first year teaching, period. And then you're in this situation. Um, but, you know, I there's some resolve in, in the fact of what I forgot who that song. I want to say it's Katie Perry or maybe it was Kelly Price. What, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know, kind of a thing, you know, it's, and, you know, we have that PBIS, you know, what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you, you know. So this is some real authentic. No one. Ha- and then the great thing about it is everybody is in the same spot <laughs> that nobody <laughs> nobody has been through this before <laughs> no <laughs> this is all new it's all, all new you know but yeah. lean on lean on your strengths know your strengths accept your strengths while also acknowledge your weaknesses and own your weaknesses and do that due diligence you know what this is not my strong area i'm do something about that though. I'm a this is actually to change that and do something about that so that and when I come out of this, that I can come out of this better and stronger and more equipped and more fulfilled, you know, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Tamika. Those words, I'm I'm gonna process those I think all day. Um this is this has been so insightful for me and reflective. I have three sentences I would like you to complete. Mm -hmm. So I am grateful for. Oh, (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I am grateful for my family. You know, they, I know that they understand and they see all of the work that I'm putting into of time, you know, that I'm making. And I'm really grateful that they have been really supportive and helpful, you know, just around the house, you know, I, even, even without saying it, you know, I use my husband as an example. He we were joking yesterday, he has become the breakfast master, you know, so <laughs> having him do that is, is so much more of a support because then I'm working in the morning and I know that I don't have to put that parent hat on or that mommy hat of doing mm-hmm. that. Daddy has it, you know, kind of a thing. Um, he has really been supportive with um, the kids with school. I'm working and a lot of times my classes and my meetings are going on when they have classes and meets. So we are kind of like tag team that more you know, in this situation, you know, than we've had to before. Um, so grateful, you know, for family and, you know, just for the kids too, just just making an effort, you know, and that's what I tell my classroom kids, just making an effort, not an excuse, just make an effort. Because if I can see effort, we can work with effort, you know, no excuses. They're, they're monuments to nothingness. They build bridges to nowhere, you know, kind of a thing. Right. I am learning. I am learning that I have 
more in my mind <laughs> than I thought. <laughs> I, I have more capacity <laughs> to learn. I always joke with my friends. I like sometimes I feel like I have no cognitive space left. <laughs> you know. Right? But, you know, that's the beauty of the brain. It's pliable. It's stretchable. (laughs) And I'm learning that I have more in me than what I thought. But I'm also being humble and knowing that I'm learning that I have more room to grow. And that is what I am honoring and trying to prepare myself because every day we have an opportunity to learn more and to do more and be better. Oh, yeah. That I echo all of that. I feel like I've learned so much in the last two months than I thought I would, you know, even venture to learn how to do. Um, So it is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I find peace in. I find peace in faith, knowing that. Even though (laughs) when you open your eyes, it doesn't look like it. But when you close them and just lean on, and this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. You know, it. everything happens for a reason and for a season. And it's easy to question why. Why now? what's happening you know it's easy to have all of those questions but i find peace in knowing you know through faith that in this too shall pass Mm -hmm. yeah that is true so i'm going to summarize a little bit about what we talked about today because there are so many things um, i want everyone listening to be able to reflect So the first was the whole idea of the three D's, dedication, delivery, and diligence, and how that really applies not only to teaching, but to parenting as well. And even when you think of the whole idea of teaching from the heart and providing some discipline and structure and knowing who you are as a teacher and how important that is. But that discipline and structure doesn't just resonate within the school classroom experience. That really is part of parenting too. Our students and our children all thrive on that discipline and structure. And it's so important, especially through this time, to help provide some of that. The whole idea of working smarter than harder, that that piece really, um, I'm going to keep on telling myself over and over to do that. So really um, reflect. And even though there are so many pieces out there with new technology and things like that, take small nuggets, know what works for you, know what works for you and your style as a teacher. And try to put some of those pieces in place, but don't feel like you have to do everything. And then it's so important to be reflective as a teacher and a parent, um, getting yourself organized. You mentioned writing some things down. Some people are more um, 
app to use something on their computer to organize, whatever feels comfortable, find a way to get organized and make sure that you're collaborating with others. So you're not in this alone. Everybody else is going through this as well. And it's so important to have those people that you can go to, whether it's your teammates or other teachers that you know. And you really talked about being in the same place, having people who are in the same space as you. Um, and those that are similar to you in style, and I love that you said those that are not, um, having those that are not in the same space as you, because you can learn and grow so much from others on top of being able to share some of your experiences with others as well. And that whole idea that simple is sometimes better. So making sure that you're trying to simplify what you're doing as much as possible. And also, when you're thinking of the things that you can incorporate into your classroom, what is applicable to your content, to your grade level, whatever that is, what you're working on at the time, and knowing yourself as a teacher, and for those new teachers out there who are listening, starting to identify what your strengths are as a teacher, and also identify what your weaknesses are. and knowing what both of those are will help you figure out what your style of teaching is. And last but not least, and Tamika, I love this, the fact that you said from all of these different steps that we can do, we can become better, stronger, and more equipped than where we were even two months ago. Tamika, thank you so much for joining me today. We are doing this on Google Meet, so I get to see your face, and it's so good to see your face. I haven't seen you in so long, and just to hear your voice and see your face has really brightened my day. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your story and the advice that you gave. Like I said, it's going to resonate with me for the day, so I just really appreciate your words. You're welcome. And Iris, I thank you for even venturing out into this project. Um, I, I think that you're you're stronger and you're braver and you have more in you <laughs> than you <laughs> probably know. But I, I do appreciate all the work that you're doing, um, you know, for the district, just for teachers, just for the kids. And um I do. I and thank you for allowing me to be a part of this experience with you, this journey with you. So I look forward to working with you. You know, even more. Um, Definitely. So I I'm I'm forever grateful for that. Oh, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much for joining Tamika and I today. I hope there are some pieces that you can take from this with either teaching and or parenting from the heart. And that whole idea of the three Ds, dedication, delivery, and diligence. If you have a short story that you would like to share with me and you would like to join the podcast, I would love to have you as a guest. Just a simple conversation about whatever you're experiencing or something that you feel passionate about. Email, call, or text anytime that you would like to talk. 
Wishing you well. Stay safe.